Welcome to this podcast recording from the DFARM 2022 conference on Remote Monitoring to Improve the Transition Home from the Hospital and Reduce the Risk of Readmission. The DFARM conference is produced by the Conference Forum. For more information, please visit theconferenceforum.org. Enjoy the podcast recording from DFARM 2022. Thank you so much for hosting me today. I'm really excited to share with you a pilot program we've introduced at Memorial Sloan Kettering on remote monitoring patients after hospital discharge. So today I'm going to go over the concept of this pilot, what we're looking to accomplish here for our patients, some of our initial results, and then our future vision. So really our mission here is to enhance the exceptional care we currently deliver by providing remote monitoring during those at-risk periods in the cancer continuum. It's really those at-risk periods where we feel our patients can benefit um, from enhanced communication and care coordination to help mitigate their symptoms and relieve their suffering. And so we met with our disease management teams to really identify where are those at-risk periods where patients need enhanced symptom management. And one area that came to the forefront was in the post-hospital discharge setting. So we know those patients have a heavy symptom burden. Many of the medical oncology patients are being admitted with symptoms like pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. And oftentimes those symptoms are not completely relieved by the time they transition to home. There's also a need for enhanced care coordination as management of those symptoms transitions from the inpatient team to their outpatient team. And we know many of these patients are readmitted within 30 days, so can we impact that to really prevent those patients from needing another acute care visit? And so the monitoring we introduced was electronic patient-reported outcomes, and then a pulse oximeter where we were able to measure their heart rate and blood oxygen levels. And we looked to monitor those patients for 10 days post-discharge. We chose 10 days because that's the median time to readmission for medical oncology patients. So can we have an impact during that period to shift the trajectory and help keep patients out of the hospital and on their outpatient treatment plans? Similarly, in surgery, we were looking to identify postoperative complications early and help those patients to prevent another acute care visit through this enhanced care coordination and communication. And so really it was looking about changing the paradigm in post-discharge care for our patients. So previously there was really a lack of support as patients transitioned from the hospital to home. The onus was on the patient to know when to report their symptoms, what symptoms were important to bring to the attention of their medical teams. And that led to reactive symptom management and a lack of visibility into this post-discharge setting. So through remote monitoring, we are really hoping to enhance care coordination by providing proactive symptom management and giving our clinicians visibility into how patients were faring at home after the hospitalization. We also wanted to deploy new technologies beyond just symptom telephone calls to really help our patients and give us the data we need to manage them at home. And so we deployed EPRO symptom assessments as well as this trial of biometric devices. And the outcomes that we were really hoping to impact were focused on acute care. Can we reduce readmissions? We know that about nationally a third of medical oncology patients are readmitted within 30 days. 
And can we also increase patient experience by providing this increased care coordination and communication as they transition to home? And finally, we are looking to accomplish on the research front as well. We received a grant to really look at the symptomatology of patients when they go home from the hospital and also the role of remote monitoring in helping patients by identifying symptoms early and mitigating those symptoms to relieve suffering. And so this was really a program in coordination with nursing because nursing is at the forefront of symptom management in oncology. So with our nursing colleagues, we created a care pathway that was really composed of three steps. One, onboarding, so identifying eligible patients, educating about them about the program, and enrolling them at the time of discharge. Then monitoring, training our clinicians to respond to symptom alerts, to manage those symptoms in real time, and then discharging patients from the monitoring program and giving them an opportunity to provide feedback to us so that we could learn and grow this program. And so how this works in practice is that the primary oncology team identifies eligible patients at the time of discharge. Our discharge coordinator, who is a nurse, then meets with the patients to educate them about the program so they understand how these symptom assessments can benefit them when they're at home and what we're hoping to learn. The patient's primary oncology team is then notified that the patient is enrolled. Then the patient returns home, completes the assessments in the home setting, and if they're reporting a symptom that reaches a certain threshold, an alert is sent to their medical oncology team who helps to manage that symptom in real time. And we're really focused on patients who are going home, not patients who are going to rehab or another setting where a different team is managing their symptoms. This is really looking at that transition to home. And with the pulse oximeter, we're really looking at clinical indications where we think there could be benefit, like pneumonia, pneumonitis, progression of disease, where we can use this data to better manage the patient in the home. And so we worked very closely with our clinical staff, our patients, and our technology team to, divide, to design our symptom assessment. And there are components of it um, that really respond to what we've learned from the patient. So it can be completed via mobile device or desktop computer. There's branching logic for reported symptoms, so we can ask about severity, extent, interference with daily activities, all based on the NCI pro-CTCIE. There's cross-question consistency, so if a patient reports constipation, we're not also asking them about diarrhea. There's an avatar so we can localize symptoms. There's a difference in management if it's a symptom that's occurring for the first time in a certain location versus a chronic symptom. So it really helps our clinicians better manage them in the home. The prior responses are pre-populated, so we're just asking our patients to update what's changed. And then there's a free text box where they can elaborate on those symptoms or add additional symptoms that we haven't asked about. In addition to the symptom assessment, we designed an advanced patient feedback report. So the goal of this report is really to link our patients to education resources about how to manage those symptoms. And we learned from a PCORI grant that was funded at our institution that providing patients their symptom data back, as well as resources around that, those symptoms, helps to reduce anxiety, increase patient satisfaction, and also leads to a decrease in nursing telephone calls 
of about 10%, which can make a considerable difference in nursing workload at scale. So we took those learnings and applied it to this program as well to really link our patients in to resources that can help them and empower them to manage their symptoms at home. And here you can see how it links to nursing education resources for those symptoms that patients are reporting. From a clinician's viewpoint, we developed logic to generate alerts for severe symptoms, which are red alerts, or mild or moderate symptoms, which are yellow alerts. And they're sent to the clinical teams through the patient portal. And those red alerts are usually responded to within minutes to help relieve those symptoms. We also responding to nursing feedback to improve the summary board of how symptoms are presented so that the nurses are able to trend the symptoms over time. So if an intervention is launched, a new medication started for pain, we're able to see how that symptom is responding so we can make changes in real time to improve our management. So we launched this as a feasibility, acceptability, and perceived value study. And one of the key things that we looked at was response rate. Would patients be able to complete these assessments when they get home from the hospital knowing that they have a high symptom burden? So we set as our goal 50% of patients completing at least one assessment, and of those assessments completing 50% over those two days. And as you can see here, approximately two-thirds of discharges completed at least one symptom assessment and they completed them about every other day, providing valuable insight to our clinical teams about the symptoms they were experiencing and allowing us to manage those symptoms in real time. As related to our value proposition, we have found that patients post-discharge have a high symptom burden, and it indicates a real need for improved symptom management in this space. 62% of returned symptom assessments in the medical oncology space generated, generated a red for severe or yellow for moderate symptom alert. And 76% of unique discharges um, generated a symptom alert. In the surgical setting, you can see there's a fewer number of symptom alerts as would be predicted and a much lower number of severe symptom alerts. These are, again, all symptoms that we can then help the patients manage at home, again, reinforcing the value of remote monitoring in this setting. Also speaking to the value proposition about symptom burden, as we enroll a greater number of patients, we're able to understand the symptomatology by disease type and provide this data back to our clinical directors and nurse leaders. So you start to see how symptoms vary by disease management team. So for the thoracic oncology, you can see 11% of discharges reported severe shortness of breath. And while on the lymphoma service, you see 6% of discharges generated a fever. And so you can start to understand how these symptoms change by disease type. Also, you can start to think about what symptoms are potentially preventable such as maybe pain, whereas others that are harder to manage in the home, like shortness of breath. And so future research here is really going to understand how to optimize symptom management for these different diseases as patients transition to home. The second component of the value proposition was to enhance patients' experience with transition from the inpatient to outpatient setting and their perception of care coordination. 
So all patients completing at least one EPRO symptom assessment are provided an engagement survey where they have structured questions to provide feedback to the program, as well as a free text to help us learn to make this better over time. So as you can see there, 85% of patients would recommend this program to other patients like them. 75% perceive the program as helping to reduce emergency room visits. 81% feel more confident managing their symptoms, this conception of empowerment. And 77% did not perceive it as a burden. And 85% felt this led to more connection with their healthcare team and improved care coordination. In the free text responses, we've done qualitative analysis to really think through what is this conceptual model of remote patient monitoring? What are we learning from the patients? And we really see three pillars of value here. One is empowerment. So patients appreciated that the remote monitoring provided education on their diagnosis and symptom management. And you can see their representative quote, knowledge brings comfort. These are all from our patients. Security, patients appreciated that the remote patient monitoring provided a clinical safety net for them. As one patient said, it made me feel protected and that the team really cared about us. And then connection, patients appreciated that the remote monitoring provided a link to a knowledgeable team member during a period of stress and uncertainty. As one patient said, this is a very lonely and scary trip and it's great to have someone helping navigate through. Again, indicating this period of time for patients as a really high-risk period where remote monitoring can potentially make a difference. We've also learned on the implementation side as well. As I said, nurses are at the forefront of symptom management in oncology. And what we learned at initially was that quick wins were that the nurses found the tools easy to use and that when they called patients based on the symptom alerts, it corresponded to what the patients were actually feeling. So if a patient reported severe pain, when the nurse spoke to them, the assessment also demonstrated severe pain. But there's been a learning curve as we integrate remote monitoring and alerts into how we manage patients. It's a real change from fielding phone calls. And so there was initial discomfort with this technology and how we can best use it. And it's also challenging to incorporate this into a busy clinical workflow. So thinking through how to make teams aware of alerts as they come in in a way that wouldn't be disruptive to other work that they're doing. When we looked at what are the interventions that are being pursued based on alerts, we find the majority of it is around education and coaching. So if a patient is reporting severe constipation, helping to reinforce their bowel regimen. A patient who's reporting diarrhea, helping them to look at what things to eat, what not to eat. So a lot of it is around really reinforcing some of the instructions that they had at discharge, reviewing discharge medications, and those steps to help patients on this transition. So to give some case studies of what we've seen so far, um, this is an example of an 84-year-old patient with stage four lung cancer, admitted with neutropenic fever and low sodium. Um, this patient was found to have positive blood cultures, was treated with an antibiotic, was also found to have adrenal insufficiency, causing their low sodium, so was started on a steroid regimen. They were discharged home, they lived alone with follow-up in 10 days. After getting home, we started to get their symptom reports. So they were reporting 
moderate levels of constipation, so the nurse called was able to reinforce their bowel regimen. But then they started to report very severe fatigue. This triggered the nurse to call the patient in for an add-on clinic visit to better understand what was happening. In that visit, labs were done that showed the sodium had dropped again and that the patient had not been taking their steroid as directed. So we were able to reinforce the right regimen for the steroid, rechecked labs, showed the improvement, and was able to prevent an admission and keep the patient on course for treatment. With the pulse oximeter, a patient discharged after hospitalization for pneumonia. On the pulse oximeter, we could see that their oxygen levels were dropping low. We could use that data to get home oxygen for the patient, preventing them from needing to be admitted for that of course, saving the patient the discomfort of that admission as well. And so in our initial data, we had hypothesized that remote monitoring could potentially lead to a 5% decrease in readmission over those 30 days. What we're seeing initially is about a 3% decrease in readmission. So we're starting to think through which patients both benefit from this, what are those symptoms that we can best intervene on at home, and how can we improve the program to think about what's the appropriate time for monitoring? And so looking forward into 2023, um, we're starting to think about personalization. So how do we provide education to patients at home based on their symptom reports that's very customized to their treatment and their disease? We're looking at optimization of the assessments and the alert thresholds. So which alerts are most predictive of readmission, and how can we rally resources to those patients to help prevent that readmission and better manage their symptoms? We're looking at a more rigorous evaluation of the 30-day readmission for remote monitoring versus standard of care using a randomized control trial. And then we're looking at the clinical interventions that are based on these alerts. So if a patient is reporting severe pain, it's not being relieved over those 10 days, how can we best escalate interventions to help relieve that pain? And then finally, engagement. So we know that two-thirds of patients are engaging, one-third are not. What are the barriers to engagement, and how can we help patients to overcome that barrier? With the technology, we're looking at activity tracking now as well. So for patients going home after hospitalization, how does their activity post-discharge correlate with their risk of readmission or their um, continuance of therapy? And so what can we learn from that to better manage these patients in the home? And then finally, um, we're adding to our understanding of symptomatology post-discharge so that we can potentially have a bigger impact on mitigating suffering and easing this transition over time. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast recording from the DFARM 2022 conference. For more information, please visit theconferenceforum.org. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.